Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, folks, today is Wednesday, October 16th, 2019. We are, of course, here uh, with the Black Women's Roundtable, National Coalition of Black Civic Participation, at their Spirit Democracy Awards. Uh, we still got our show. I'm going to be, of course, hosting that a little bit later. Just off the plane from Atlanta, where we had the National Minorities Product Development Council. We live streamed that event today. But uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about last night's debate, um, how does Senator Kamala Harris do? Clearly, everybody... Saw that Senator Elizabeth Warren is the front runner because they were all coming after her. And Pete Buttigieg, he's had to get a little feisty last night. So we'll talk about all of that. And also, what will they talk about on social media? We'll break all of that down with our panel here. Lots of little stuff we got going. So we're going to get right to it. It's time to bring the funk on Roller Mark Unfiltered. Let's go.
Welcome we're here at the Hamilton in Washington, D.C., where the Spirit of Democracy Awards will be taking place. A little bit later, we'll be talking with Melanie Campbell, of course, uh, who leads the organization behind this. They've got a great group of honorees, uh, and so we'll actually be also live streaming that event taking place after this. But first, uh, we want to talk about uh, a number of different issues. Last night, of course, there was a huge uh, debate taking place in Ohio. We now are seeing the real candidates. Twelve people on stage, still too, too many damn people. Three or four of y'all need to get the hell off the stage. Y'all know who y'all are. Uh, and, of course, it was a lot, lots of back and forth last night uh, between the various uh, candidates. Uh, again, we are now past uh, the what I call preseason. I've always said after October 1st, that's when the real campaign begins. And so you saw that last night, finally, with all of the candidates uh, on one stage together debating one another, although there were still some issues that took place there uh, that never came up stuff that we actually care about uh, took place again uh, in Ohio, Westerfield, Ohio, uh, last night. And so here's a snapshot of what took place last night. Stretch a little bit. Stretch. All right, we'll have the video uh, in, in one second. Again, you had folks, of course, Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders on the stage, surprisingly, just a couple of weeks after uh, he had uh, a heart procedure after having a heart attack. Also, Senator Kamala Harris, you had some newbies there. Tom Steyer, who bought his way onto the stage. Must be great to spend almost $40 million in 84 days to buy your way onto a stage. And still, nobody knows who the hell you are. Of course, uh, Julian Castro was there as well. Senator Cory Booker. Of course, Beto O'Rourke uh, as well. Andrew Yang. What you didn't have is, you didn't have, oh, the spiritual one, Marianne Williamson. She did not make the cut last night as well. And so many people say that it actually raised the bar even higher to say that it should be at least meeting 4% threshold in the various polls in order to meet uh, on the debate stage. Folks, let me know when we have the video ready. Uh, again, for the, for the snapshot. So let me just do this here. I'm going to introduce our panel right now. They, of course, will play some of the, uh, some of the video. Joining us right now, Monique Presley, of course, uh, a lawyer, crisis uh, manager as well. Also joining us uh, is Lauren Victoria Burke, NNPA, and, of course, Eric Savage-Williams host Savage Politics Podcast. Uh, again, we finally had these folks on the stage together uh, uh, with one debate. One debate. Last debate, we had one, uh, one as well, but you still had some folks out there. I still think we're about three or four a little heavy right now uh, who need to get off the stage, who really don't need to be there. Um, so each one of you, I'll start with you, Monique. Um, any surprises, anything that stood out last night? Well, the one thing that I was tweeting about that stood out to me was the seemingly inability, I don't know if it was refusal or arrogance, on the part of Senator Warren to just answer basic yes or no questions. It was supremely frustrating to me because on the one hand, I get, okay, she doesn't want to fall for a gotcha concerning taxes and Medicare. People are going to be doing better. Medicaid for all helps. It brings costs down overall. But it's a fact. Taxes are going to be raised for any number of Americans. And when you're asked a direct question about it 15 times over three different debates and you can't come up with an answer, I start getting concerned because this gig is one where you have to have a position, fight for it, and convince the American people that it's worth it. So that's what I said on Twitter last night. If my taxes are going to go up, tell me. If I'm going to end up better off overall because of, of the, uh, the level of the insurance costs going down tell me if I got to take one for the team and the team's the United States
States of America? Tell me. Americans should not be treated as though they're dumb and they can't handle hearing, yes, your taxes are going to go up. You know, and when, when you're saying you're using Bernie's plan and Bernie's standing right next to you saying, yeah, your taxes are going to go up. So <laughs> I was concerned. Yes, yeah, she's a front runner, but she's a front runner who seems to be want to be living on her own terms. Well, I mean, I do think that obviously, uh, as I switch back and forth, when they did foreign policy, I would be the first to admit I went to the Nats game and came back. But anyway, <laughs> I think Liz, Liz Warren, you're right. She should have just answered the question. She probably will do that uh, next debate. She obviously got the, as Roland tweeted last night, the front runner treatment because, in fact, she's the front runner. But uh, I do think this nonsense that we saw with Pete Buttigieg, who likely really barely should be on the stage, and, you know, Senator Klobuchar, this running to the middle nonsense, which is why they were hitting her up on that. They want her to admit, ooh, you're going to raise taxes, and now you're not going to be able to win if you raise taxes. It's all nonsense. They're, they're courting, they're trying to court the middle, court, court Trump voters. It's all nonsense. They're going to win with the base. As usual, they're going to win with black voters. So whatever has to happen out there for that to happen is what wins, and this is why Biden is going to lose the nomination to Elizabeth Warren, because this whole game of trying to act like you can please everybody, particularly everybody on the right, in this era of politics that we live in with the, with the Trump people around, is nonsense. So even though you're right, she should have answered the question. That entire game, and, and to, have, to have anchors from CNN asking her <coughs> questions who have investor husbands that make $17, $18 million a year. See, the reason we're talking about that <coughs> and not income inequality and the reason that Sanders was able to hit that home run last night yet again on income inequality is the entire narrative is off. Because when you have people who are making millions of dollars asking the questions, they don't talk about poverty, which Booker was right to bring up. They don't talk about the issues that affect and impact average, everyday people. And, and, and Sanders and, and Warren are talking about that. Okay. So it's that. All these debates are bullshit. <laughs> no, no, no. All these, deb all these debates are bullshit because you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Because the issue that ha – first of all, hold up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. No, because this has actually been pissing me off for the last several cycles. Uh, and so, Erica, just your surprise last night, and then I'm going to explain why these debates are bullshit. Sure. Well, I agree with you and agree with, Lori, what you were just saying, that we're in an existential crisis. And so for me, three hours of my time for the last question to be about unlikely friendships was a complete waste of time. The field does need to be clear. Who gives a shit about George W. Bush and Ellen? I'm I, sorry. I, this is honestly, a debate. Right. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm uh, anyway. Yeah, that too. And then it was also an insult to the intelligence and to where we are. We are all adults, and everybody has a real, real clear understanding of the mediocrity that's leading the country right now. People are ready for change, and so auditions, um, whoever's the cool kid, all of that <laughs> needs to be pushed aside. And those, it, and not for me, it, it feels like it's more than three or four people that need to drop out of the race, but right now it's decision now. See, I guess CNN has to get their sound bites in, which is why Biden got questioned about his that, son. That that's is all the, nonsense. Uh, that's all nonsense. That interview should not have all the people who are watching at home, so let me explain to you the bullshit game, okay? And I was trying not to cuss these people out, but I'm left with no choice. You're absolutely right. Every single one of these networks, what they are desiring, they're not actually desiring what other issues Americans out there care about, mm -hmm. but they actually ask, what is the moment that's going to get replayed right. on all of the other networks is a whole branding opportunity. So, for instance, I don't believe health care has to be a part of every debate. Right. It doesn't. If there have been, but this is what, the fourth one? Right. Fourth one? Right. And it's been the first three? To me, you can wait for the next one. 
You have not had. I saw it was a tweet that was sent out. It was sent out uh, by um, one of the voters, voter, voter, um, voter experts. Mm -hmm. He said 31 consecutive debates now, nothing on voting rights. Right. Nothing. Right. You're right. You're never going to hear any of these people asking questions about housing. You know why? Because they're all making several million dollars. Exactly. So they're not going to talk about the home foreclosure crisis and how black people lost. 53% of all black wealth due to the home foreclosure crisis and what Latinos lost as well and how these banks are selling blocks, 20 and 30 and 40,000 homes to hedge funds and now people are renting. Right. Nope, that's not going to come up. Right, right. And then they get accused of right. going they on get, script. Right. But exactly. the only way you can talk about it is to go rogue. The and, and, way exactly. and I think what the Candace... About reproductive rights, yeah. Cory right. had to do it about yeah. poverty. Right. Somebody else had to do it about one of the other topics. But they, right. but they right. all would try to treat the ridiculous question and then slip in the, but why, even if you're going to talk about health care, why aren't you talking? It doesn't have to have the same treatment. You know, see, it's the not the same overall. the fact that you've got a guy sitting second, on the stage. Here, the volume is low on the live stream, so we can uh, boost the uh, audio. be great. Go ahead. The fact that you've got a guy sitting on stage, which is a multi-billionaire, no problem with that, right? He has the right to participate just like anybody else. So the fact that he has money, the fact that Tom Spire has money is not a bad thing. But the fact that you've got that guy standing there represents the whole problem. And, of course, the anchors don't reflect average American salaries. So, so, so you're going to get no questions. You know, we're sitting here with 40, 45 million people in poverty, and you can't get a poverty question. No, you okay, can't get a voter right, voting question. First of all, you, you, you're never, you're never, you never going to get a poverty question because, again, uh, that's not going to happen. You're never actually going to get a public education question. Right. You're not right. going to get that. Right. The only reason charters came up in the last debate, frankly, right. again, because, you know, Kenneth Kansas brought it up, and that's why I right. say these debates are bullshit, right. which is why you have uh, different groups having their own town halls right. to be able to address to these issues. <laughs> but 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 that, but that is the deal, which is why you're not hearing these issues on these networks, right. okay? Because uh, and again, who's deciding it? I'm right. telling you, I spent six years at CNN. I know the game. I know the individuals who get in the rooms who are deciding these things. Very few people who look like us. Matter of fact, congratulations to Emily. Finally, CNN got a black executive producer of the Situation Room. But trust me, the people in the room, they're not black. These issues are not going to come up. Mm -hmm. They're not Latino. And what's frustrating is when you go, when you go outside. Okay, sure. You, you, sure, you're going to have questions uh, talking about uh, Syria comes up. Okay, I would love to hear somebody actually ask one day to the candidates. Africa has seven of the top ten fastest growing economies uh, in, 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 the, in the world. What exactly is your plan for us to actually partner with these African nations as opposed to them having to get billions from China and, frankly, and them raping the continent? But, but Absolutely. One of the, and but one also, of the problems that we've right. talked about, that I've talked about and people disagree with me about on this show before, is this is why I think engagement and following not just these debates but all of the town halls does matter because mm -hmm. there are things that didn't get addressed last night. But to CNN's credit, I've watched every single one of those town halls and Every one of those topics that people are complaining about that did not get treated last night has been covered with each individual candidate, with voters in the room, Which getting to ask questions. The CNN town halls well, that they've held for well, each well, candidate. Well, 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 first of all, they, they've had an LGBTQ town hall. They had no, a climate change town no, hall. No, the ones for tonight with Kamala Harris, tonight with Elizabeth Warren, tonight with Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and yeah, I but, watched those. Yeah, but, remember, first and, of all, but remember, those town halls actually took place in March. It was so, early, no, no, yeah. Right, so, so, but here's my point. Yeah, in those individual town halls. The difference, though, with the debates is that 
it's a much bigger and broader audience. Yeah. And again, the goal of the people putting these on is exactly what you get. And what you're not, and also like the whole partner deal. So for instance, uh, I, the, the next debate, November 20th, okay. I love how the DNC says it's gonna be in Georgia. No, it's not, it's gonna be in Atlanta. Like where in the hell else are you gonna have a debate in Georgia other than Atlanta? <laughs> okay, I'm right, seriously, right. I'm just right. saying, all right? all right? That's first. Okay, so here's what's interesting. So the debate's gonna be on MSNBC, so the partners are MSNBC, mm-hmm. the co-hosts of the debate, or MSNBC and the Washington, I think it's the Washington Post. Then they have, as a partner, Urban One, but it's going to be on the Radio One stations and the digital platforms. I'm sorry, that does nothing for me. Okay, no, because I'm sorry, Urban One, if you're not going to have somebody from the company actually asking questions, what the hell is We don't have a voice. And I think the other Jorge Ramos was sitting at the desk as an ABC debate asking questions. So it doesn't mean anything to me to have a black media partner and you don't have, and so again, maybe they're gonna have somebody on the stage, I don't know if that's the case when you ain't got no news, but again, my point is, this is where we have to have, and that's why I keep calling out these eight black networks that are doing 1,344 hours a week. The fundamental problem that we have is, here's the other piece, you can't convince me why they can't together and say, we're gonna do the damn thing ourselves. Okay, you don't have, it doesn't have to always be ABC, NBC, CBS, right. MSNBC, Fox News, well, they're not getting into Democratic debates, uh, and, and CNN, because they are the ones who are setting the tone. They set the coverage tone, they set the focus tone, and that to me is a problem. Eric, go ahead. And I was just going to say, and then also for the Democratic Party, look at who your people are. It made no sense that we went um, well into almost the second hour mark before there was any conversation around um, the last police shooting that we have. And not saying that that is all of the black community, but because the lion's share of Democratic voters are black women, are black people, there definitely should be from the Democratic Party leadership more of a push and more of um, coverage and more conversations around the issues that directly impact our communities. It's, you know, all of these different town halls, you know, you'll follow it, Monique. I'll follow it as politicals, like we'll follow that. But for the American public who have families, they have children, they're tired, they're like, show me, give it to me, and they want it. It needs to be boiled down to these are the boilerplate issues. We hear you, we see you, and then converse about those. This is why control matters, because the individual who is controlling the debate they're the ones who are determining what gets asked. And that is actually what sets the stage. And look, the debate, look, first of all, th- this is like big debate, one, there you go. But the other issue, again, which goes to who is asking the questions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because that also sets the agenda. And so to me, that's also sort of what's driving this. I think that's also what you see uh, with, with the frustration there. And the whole point is also, okay, what's the entertainment? Can I get can I get that moment where Biden is fighting with Warren? And so, ooh, Biden got real loud and was talking down to Warren. And then she said, thank you. It, 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 it is all designed for the entertainment game, as opposed to, no, we're dealing with with, 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 with what is real. I, I would have loved to hear, and again, I would love to hear somebody ask a question. So, should Trump have given the farmers $28 billion in welfare? I'm going to call it welfare, right. okay? Right. That's free money. Right. $28 billion, which is 
twice as much than that bailout was. You can have a farm subsidy question all night at some of these debates. And the fact that they could talk about Syria for longer than we can talk about things that actually impact the United States of America in terms of how the money moves around, how the allocation is, whether it's uh, farm subsidies or affordable housing or food stamps or anything like that is incredible. And really did I miss a- it? The <laughs> NBA and Hong Kong and China come up? Like, how in the hell did you miss that story? I mean, it was kind of a big story in the past week. Right. No, that's right. That's right. Well, the fact that we got, what, 10 questions in a row about whether or not Elizabeth Warren was going to tax the wealthy, that we had like eight questions in a row about are you going to tax wealthy people? I mean, how- what, how much of the population is impacted by that? Even Easy. Though, the people though, who are asking the questions. Exactly. And I'm not a huge Bernie fan, but the fact that he has changed the, the conversation about that, I think, is really meaningful. But I got to credit some of the other candidates, too. They tried to get in there. You know, Booker tried to get in there with some reasonable discussion about something. Oh, that so, wasn't oh, so now so now you're going to be his friend, huh, Lauren? Be his friend a little bit. Last night, last night Lauren was talking about how he was like a, he was acting like he was a front runner, not acting like he only had like 4% of the vote. Because he was. Said, well, how do you want him to act? Because he was. How should he be acting? Yeah. And she well, said, get back right to now, what? he should be in Jersey watching the game instead of being on <laughs> no, the No, I, 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 I want, said, I want one of these candidates that say, I'm sorry, can I get somebody who asked a question who's making $100,000 a year? I know. How about or $50,000 a year. No, I'm that? just being, because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Again, that's, that's, why the audience audience that's why the audience That's why the audience is That's when it's deal. important to have half and half. Okay, but were there audience questions last night? No, no of course not. not. This, this of course structure not. was off in a number of because ways. Because the only yeah. reason, I'm telling you, these debates are designed to showcase the network stars. That's what they're designed for. They're actually not designed. And what they do is, it's no different than the Sunday morning shows. The Sunday morning shows are designed to, for somebody to say something at the other shows, other media pick up on Monday, the newspapers and the blogs and everything. It's not actually, can we talk about something substantive? You're playing to the same crowd. And that's what, that's what drives me crazy and what is frustrating and getting, and, and getting to it. And, and again, what I want is, I want Castro to go, Thank you very much. I'm going to talk about housing. As a former HUD secretary, and then they go, sir, ask a question. No, because you know what? You keep asking the same damn question. One thing I will say. I'm sorry, go roll. That, that was actually a good thing last night is that the, the moderators did not force them to answer. So they just sort of talked about whatever the heck they wanted to talk about. You're right about the Sunday talks, but that's starting to break down a little bit. I happened to be in the event last night and talk to Chuck Todd. And you notice that interview he did Sunday with Senator Johnson where he just basically broke fourth wall and said, this is nonsense, and I'm breaking right. out of this. And that's right. happening more well, and more. About, hey, it's oh, about time. Well, that's been long overdue. That has been long overdue, Chuck. That's long overdue. Right, right. He's long like the last man standing. Better late than never. Yeah, we're calling him out on that. We see you, Chuck. <laughs> I, I, I gotta go to a break. We come back. We're gonna talk with Melody Campbell. Also, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk with uh, a group that was actually monitoring social media and to give you guys a sense of what people were talking about on social media as the debate was unfolding. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, fam, it's almost that time. The holiday season, of course, is for many of us the favorite time of the year. Now, whether you celebrate uh, 
Halloween, Thanksgiving, Ramadan, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year's, all of these, of course, from October to the end of the year. This is when you think about spending time with the people you love the most. This is also the time to count your blessings and support those less fortunate and look at how you can have an impact on their lives. Well, I have the perfect opportunity for you to be a holiday hero have a major impact on other families. Here's the deal. Right now, hundreds of thousands of Americans are sitting in jail without being convicted of a crime. Why? Because they lack the financial resources to pay their bail. Now think about it. If you are arrested for any minor offense, you'll be taken directly to jail. If you don't have bail money, whether it's a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, you will stay there until a court date is scheduled. Now that could be days, weeks, or even months. America's bail system is broken and has created a two-tier system of justice, one for the rich and one for the poor. Folks, freedom should, not be, should, freedom should be free. That's why the Ebony Foundation is partnering with the Bail Project and is sponsoring the Home by the Holiday campaign. With your help, our goal is to bail out 1,000 people by New Year's Day. How's that for a holiday gift? A donation from you can change someone's life tomorrow, and here's why it is critical. People of color represent... Upwards of 90% of the jail population across the country. It ranges from 50 to 90% depending upon where you are. Of course, then when they stayed in jail, 90% of people with misdemeanors ended up pleading guilty. However, when bail was paid, 50% of the cases were dismissed and less than 2% received the jail sentence. Sometimes justice needs just us to join the fight. Folks, you can be a holiday hero by, by donating 25, 50 bucks or more to help the Ebony Foundation bring our brothers and sisters home for the holidays. To donate, go to homebytheholiday.com. That's H-O-M-E-B-Y-T-H-E-H-O-L-I-D-A-Y.com. And of course, the Ebony Foundation uh, is tied to Ebony Magazine. And so we certainly appreciate uh, the work that they're doing to assist those who are most in need. All right, y'all, it's 22nd Annual Spirit Democracy Awards uh, taking place here at the Hamilton in Washington, D.C. Uh, first of all, why is Melanie Campbell going to give me this little bitty ass? <laughs> zoom in, y'all. Zoom in. Zoom in. Melanie actually, Melly actually gave me this. Uh, keep zooming. You can't even read it now. You can't even read Y'all, keep zooming. Y'all see this little bitty ass print? No, keep zooming. That's how... I, that's the fault. See, we can't even zoom in anymore, and you still can't read this liberty-ass print. I'm like, come on now. I'm just saying. Uh, and so, uh, Melly Campbell joins us, National Coalition of Black Participation, a uh, couple of honorees uh, who are with us, uh, Christine Chin, uh, as well as, again, hold up. Uh, uh, damn, I know that, Lonzo Bird. How y'all doing? Glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, first off, uh, Melly, I got to ask you, again, debate was last night. Did you hear anything of interest to you? Um, well, um, I would say I wasn't able last night, honestly, to watch the entire thing. Um, but I, from what I did see of it last night, um, I was listening to your earlier um, uh, conversation. And I, I, what frustrated me was the, the, the lack of getting to some other kinds of questioning. And when you talked about the, the whole question uh, you know, around uh, everybody with money, that's real. And so part of the, the challenge, I think, that, that we have to find is to, to, to find a way uh, for our issues to be out there. You talked about affordable uh, housing. Uh, you know, we did our Essence poll, uh, Black Women's Roundtable, and, and for millennials, that's like a critical issue. Uh, 
impact of gentrification, we talk, if you want to talk about wealth issues, it is not just about affordable health care, albeit that's important. It's all these other kinds of things right. that are having a major impact uh, in urban and rural America. That's both of you. Are you hearing what you want to hear? Well, you know, um, for the Asian American Pacific Islander community, a lot of it is about whether or not the candidates and the parties are doing early outreach and engagement with the communities. Um, I will say this round we have, we're seeing a little bit more of movement because finally um, candidates are meeting with the Asian American community in Nevada and also Iowa. Like they actually finally realize that there are Asian American voters in Iowa, right? Um, but even in Ohio, that, that's actually my hometown, Westerville. I grew up in there. And um, one thing I wanted to like really tout with everyone was that, you know, Columbus, if you add up the African-American community, the Latino, Asian, the growing Somalian and, and Nepalese community, that makes up 40% of Columbus, right? Those are like new potential voters that you, they should be going after. So it's no longer just about um, white America, like what I used to grow up in Ohio, but it's actually a lot, a lot more diverse. Roland, like you, I was watching the baseball game yesterday. You know, but my <laughs> but my St. Louis Cardinals. My Astros won. <laughs> First of all, you, you just said my St. Louis Cardinals. My St. Louis Why Cardinals. Why the hell would you bring up the baseball game? Right, y'all right, got y'all asses right. swept. We got swept, but you I know, mean, swept. They you beat y'all. They beat y'all like y'all when they <laughs> But but you know, there's only two teams that you can really talk about in World Series, though, right? Who? The Yankees and the Cardinals. How so? The Yankees got 26. We see, got 12. See, see, you sound like them. Like you know, them I'm Yankee, just saying. You sound like them, I'm just saying. them Yankee Lakers fans. No. When y'all can't hey. talk about present day, <laughs> y'all got to try to go historical. Y'all yeah. didn't yeah. lead in one game. Hey. Yep. They beat the hell out of y'all. You might want to focus on a debate you didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen, you know, but, hey, we'll, we'll be there next year, you Ooh. know, as we will. The Cardinals. Yeah, okay, all right. Who else? All right. Come on. They beat the hell out of y'all. You got a St. Louis guy Four here. Four straight. You know. Four straight. It, ha it happens. You know, you what happened? It, it happens. No, don't, don't, don't look at me. My ass goes won. <laughs> hey, we, well, at least we know how to win a game. Hey, okay. Well, back to okay. the debate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you the one. Hey, back I didn't bring the, up St. Louis. You know, from what little bit I saw, there's still too many people on the stage to really have some really, you know, concrete uh, conversations about the issues of the day. And, and the reports that I've been seeing in the media and social media is basically about what wasn't asked, what questions did not get addressed, you know, whether it was climate change or, and I heard you just talk about, you know, African-American issues that, that pretty much were, were um, you know, not addressed. So, um, you know, those debates, when they get down to four or five candidates, I think we can have some real discussion about what's what. Right now it's just a free-for-all. Again, uh, this this is still, I, I would say that this is sort of like the first couple of games of the season. Everything changes when you go to November, when you go to December. Frankly, I'm going to start cutting people off uh, who are not serious, who are not serious candidates. Right. I'm sorry, you're polling at 1%. You ain't got a shot. Why are you there? You don't. I mean, right. you just don't. I mean, I, and I get everybody talking about, yeah, but you might. No, you don't. Right. You don't have a shot. Uh, and so we can see them and, and be nice about it. But, but I just, but I think... As, as we get into it, I think you're going to still see um, uh, the, the vigorous debate. But I still think, though, that it's, it will be the external events, the other town halls, the other right, forums, right, right. where that will be, be issue-specific. 
right. that will be able to force the candidates. Like, for instance, I'm, I'm working on uh, town halls with, with different candidates to be specific, that's specific to black men. Right, right. Because, Thank again, you. there, there are issues that are there that folks don't want to deal with. Right. And, I'm t and black men are saying, I'm not hearing this stuff. Right. Well, you know, just follow black women, follow our lead. Do it. <laughs> And I'm glad well, you're doing it. I ain't got to follow y'all, Lee. Hey, hold on. I'm just saying. I ain't got to follow y'all, right? I'm just saying. Oh, 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 right. Follow your lead. No, no. I'm, I got this. I'm good. You know. I'm good. But on this, uh, My daddy taught me how to lead. Seriously, I'm glad that you're pushing the issue. It's not something that, that as a national coalition, we don't. Uh, understand how important that is. Um, that if you're going to go out, we do know black women do. We do drive the vote, but everybody. You need all the black vote. Plus, if you think you're going to win that win the primaries, and so and when the dust settles and all of these debates get February, when we get to South Carolina, that's when the real deal starts for black folks, right? And so that's and that's what I keep telling folks. It's like, yeah, a lot could happen between now and then, but you better be talking issues that we care about. What uh, I, I ask each one of you this, uh, and that is again, what still drives me crazy: How do you have debate? Voting rights does not come up. I mean, here you have a Supreme Court decision uh, that, that gutted a Voting Rights Act. Now, of course, they're trying to even go up to Section 2. Uh, so you can completely obliterate the Voting Rights Act. And it is as if, ah, no big deal. And the problem I have is that what mainstream media does, they focus on the voting issues after the election. Right. Right. Happens every year. And I'm like, uh, you might want to be dealing with that before the election. Right. Right. I mean, we saw what happened in Tennessee when the law was passed. Uh, mm -hmm. That criminalizes those folks who are actually out there trying to register folks to vote. Right. Uh, you see what's happening with Amendment Four in Florida, same thing as well. That has to be dealt with, right. and it's going to it's going to impact the issues around voter suppression, um, and the fact that this particular administration uh, has not and won't uh, do anything about voting rights issues. You have a Senate that won't move on what the House already passed as far as trying to do something to uh, get prepared. You have a Senate that won't put money in to deal with these issues. And so it's, it's, it's part of, so as we're dealing with 2020, uh, we know we're going to have voter suppression, right? So that means we're going well, to have to overperform um, right. Even as lawyers do what they do, you know, the LDFs of the world, the Lawyers Committee of the world, all these uh, organizations, they're doing their part, right? We're going to all be out here trying to make sure that folks know what their rights are, but we also know that folks, as I said, the enemy is not sleeping, and we have to be on top of what we, we need to do. And on top of the fact that we got to deal with the census at the same time. In the first six months, I keep telling folks, look, in February, well, you start the, the primaries, that goes all the way through. In March, you start the Senate. And all of it, as you have said quite uh, uh, eloquently, it's about money and power. Both of them are. And so a lot is riding on this. And so thank you for all you're doing and pushing and making sure your brothers follow the sisters. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, and the media right, um. the media and the community really does need to start talking about um, the changes in the voting rights, uh, especially state by state, because it's so confusing in regards to what's applicable to you. But then it's also true with the census, right? Especially, um, well, for the census, we're, we're supposed to count everybody, right? But then for the primary, some states is like, oh, is it open or closed primary? Do I have to re-register? It's only for 18 years and older who are U.S. citizens. So we have multiple like messages going out there, but it's all happening at the same time. Roland, I think the basic issue is about education. You know, what are we doing to educate our people, our young black men, on the importance of voting? I mean, do they know the people who lost their lives for them to have the right to vote? 
You know, do they know about Bloody Lounge? You know, do they, do they have a perspective about the history and why it's important for them to vote? I'm not sure. You know, does it need to be in some type of hip-hop song that they get the message or something? Where are they getting their information about the, the critical need to be a participant in today's voting, you know? I'm not sure where they're getting that. Well, again, uh, we got we got time. Uh, still time running short, uh, which is uh, all of one of the reasons we created this show, the opportunity to be able to share these uh, issues and share with folks. So, looking forward to your award. Congratulations on you being Thank honorees. You. Thank you. And so, uh, it's going to be a good night. Melody, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Roland. Appreciate it. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about uh, what folks were discussing uh, socially uh, with last night's debate uh, with uh, a group out of New York and also be chatting with uh, Leah Daltrey as well as uh, Tommy Dorch. Uh, coming up next, right, Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from the Hamilton in D.C., site of the 22nd hour Annual Spirit of Democracy Awards. Back in a moment. You want to support Roller March Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Experience taking place in Cabo, November 7th through the 11th. Of course, if you want to attend, uh, go to lifeluxjazz.com, L-I-F-E-L-U-X-E-J-A-Z-Z.com. But if you cannot be in Cabo for those four days, 14 different uh, amazing artists, then, of course, you could live stream it. Get, get your live stream pass at gfntv.com. That's gfntv.com. As I said, amazing artists. Gerald Albright, Alex Bunyong, Kirk Whalum, Donna McClurkin, uh, Shalia, Roy Ayers. Uh, man, it's going to be an unbelievable uh, three-day extravaganza. And so uh, look forward to you participating. And again, get your live streaming pass to cover those three days, all 14 concerts. You'll be able to watch right here on your phone, on your uh, iPad computer. Does not matter. Go to gfntv.com. That's gfntv.com to get your live stream pass. All right, folks, really glad uh, to be here. And so um, let's have this, uh, another conversation. We talk about what people are talking about on social media. There's a group out of New York called uh, 30DB, and what they do is they utilize technology to be able to cull uh, all these different thoughts and responses of people uh, and what they have to say. And so uh, we have, of course, uh, Howard Koshansky, president and CEO of 30DB. And so uh, first off, uh, Howard, what is 30DB? 30DB is a unique engine that can identify in real time the sentiment on every topic of discussion in social media. So we have a very unique ability to understand what is trending, how public opinion is being shaped by the different events of the day. And we've also seen a very high correlation to predicting uh, elections based upon discussion in social media about a candidate. 
All right, so let's talk about what you found last night. Which uh, candidate's uh, Twitter handle really got the most reaction or attention? For all of the candidates that appeared last night, the ones that received the candidate who received the most amount of discussion was Elizabeth Warren, um, significantly more so than the other 11 candidates. Uh, of the discussion around the hashtags for the individual candidates and the um, Twitter handles for the individual candidates, Elizabeth Warren received uh, over 16% of the total discussion. Bernie Sanders came in second with 11.7%, followed by Pete Buttigieg uh, at 11.4%. So who got the most positive opinions? As far as the percentage of positive opinion on the various candidates, there was a shift in the overall results. Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang actually received the most positives, coming in at 69% each positive for the candidates. Uh, interestingly, behind those two was Cory Booker at 68, Julian Castro at 64, Amy Klobuchar at 63%. But it's also important to understand the volumes because there was a very significant uh, statistical sort of break in those that received meaningful amounts of opinions versus those that did not. You also looked at sentiment drivers. Exactly what is that and which candidates were really driving that issue last night? So in analysis of the sentiment drivers themselves, it's what we're able to do is identify both the subjects that people talk about in conjunction with each other candidate, as well as the sentiment expressions that they use to convey their opinions. And so, for example, in just looking at discussion about Bernie Sanders uh, as of midday today, uh, the squad's endorsement of him uh, is dominating the discussion around Bernie Sanders. There certainly was quite a bit of a discussion in support of Bernie Sanders, talking about his health and vitality uh, during the debate, um, but definitely the dominating discussion item for Bernie Sanders as of midday today, is the SWAT's endorsement. Interestingly, also um, for Elizabeth Warren, who actually came in much lower in overall sentiment, um, discussions about Medicare for All uh, really drove the discussions and questions about how she, how she was going to pay for that plan and uh, taking some challenges associated with not being completely forthright with how she was going to cover the costs of her uh, very robust plan. Lots of discussion last night about Medicare for all, but you saw found only 33% of the people support that? Yes. Uh, as of today, as of midday today, uh, social media is only 33% positive on Medicare for all. Uh, and the volumes are actually very robust. The drivers behind that discussion are questions about the costs and the likelihood of raising of taxes and who is going to pay for that. The discussion last or the debate last night obviously focused very intensely on this issue uh, and raised a number of questions. Bernie Sanders acknowledging that uh, there would be raises to the middle class as well. Uh, but also um, Elizabeth Warren's um, sort of dodging of 
who was going to pay for that expense uh, has, has, has focused the discussion today around Medicare for All. The other point to, to understand is that Medicare for All is a very broad-based uh, discussion item, whereas discussion for an individual candidate may be focused a little bit more heavily on this, from the supporters of that candidate, especially if that candidate has not yet broken into sort of the national discussion. A good example of that might be the high positives for Amy Klobuchar yesterday, but she had relatively low volume. In, con in comparison, um, looking at Medicare for All, that is a, to a topic of discussion that is receiving a lot of discussion uh, across um, the spectrum um, of all voters that are out there today. And as, uh, as our results show as of today, uh, and these are for today, uh, the discussion is actually more negative because of the question of cost associated with the program. This is a meaningful dip. Normally, Medicare for All comes in pretty close to 50-50, uh, but it's a very interesting dip in sentiment today, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if that rebounds uh, quickly after discussion for the debate subsides. All right, did you find that people actually uh, gave a damn about all the madness surrounding Donald Trump? So in looking at results for, for Donald Trump, we find that analysis of his Twitter handle, at real Donald Trump, is the most accurate predictor of uh, how people vote. Uh, in the 2016 election, we were actually able to predict uh, Hillary Clinton's margin of victory in the general election uh, based upon analysis of Twitter handles. We also saw in the 2018 midterms, we were able to predict results who was not only the winner, but actually the margin to victory for a number of candidates who uh, won, but polling actually predicted were going to lose. With respect to Donald Trump, what we're seeing today is a dip down in negatives. He is currently at 33% positive for his Twitter handle. Uh, and as you, the discussion is really focusing around the three major subjects that you raised, impeachment, um, and obviously Ukraine associated with that, uh, and then the activities in the military withdrawal in northern Syria and the impact on the Kurds and the sort of Russians moving into that space. This is a meaningful drop in positive discussion for the president. Uh, we normally see that uh, sentiment for uh, his Twitter handle hovers relatively close to where the overall uh, sort of approval ratings are in the sort of low 40s. Uh, but this is a very meaningful drop in discussion because of the discussion around these three primary areas. So last question, can you, based upon the research, studying social media, studying with all your algorithms there, can you predict who will win the presidency in 2020? <laughs> we will be happy to do that once we are able to sort of get into a head-to-head -head comparison. Uh, right now, we're focused, obviously, on looking at the individual uh, candidates, uh, as you've seen from the overall sentiment as of the for as of this morning or as of midday today uh all of the democratic candidates fared better than where donald trump is as of today 
Uh, obviously, there's a long way to go before the election, but we're pretty confident that if uh, the results hold consistent to what we've seen in elections, we'll have a very, very good handle on who will likely be our next president. All right, Howard, 30 DB, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. Appreciate the opportunity to be on. All right, folks. And so we'll be uh, going back to 30 DB after each one of the debates to get a sense of what's happening there on social media. All right, let's go back to our panel here. So let's talk about this here. Uh, so I, I, I literally, I, I landed about 4.30, uh, raced over here, and I am listening to Sirius XM, and apparently crazy land was happening at the White House. <laughs> and so, uh, so apparently uh, uh, the orange one was meeting with Democrats and Republicans over this whole Syria issue. And uh, a fool showed up. Uh, and in fact, he, he literally, okay, this was nuts. He literally walked around and passed out a letter that he sent to the Turkey president. Okay, I, I, I swore. Boy, I, it says, boy, I swore. Playing, boy. I swore. <laughs> this was from the onion. <laughs> Okay, y'all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. This was sent October 9th. Like, wait, this is real. I, y'all. I, <laughs> it was like SOS. <laughs> y'all, wait, this is real. <laughs> if there's somebody who is voting for this man, they're sick. Okay, this is, y'all, I'm about to read the letter. It was dated October 9th. The letter. And it was sent to uh, the president of Turkey. Okay. Dear Mr. President, let's work out a good deal, exclamation point. That's the opening sentence. You don't want to be responsible for slaughtering thousands of people, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying the Turkish economy, and I will. I've already given you a little sample with respect to Pastor Brunson. I have worked hard to solve some of your problems. Don't let the world down. You can make a great deal. General Maslum is willing to negotiate with you, and he is willing to make concessions that they would never have made in the past. I am confi- I'm confidentially enclosing a copy of his letter to me just received history will look upon you favorably if you get this done the right and humane way it will look upon you forever as the devil if good things don't happen don't be a tough guy don't be a fool exclamation point i will call you later it's childish and it's dangerous it's dangerous <laughs> it's childish it is kindergarten okay and you're right if if you're voting for that then what exactly are you thinking? You're nuts. You know, that, if that's what you're supporting, if that's what you can defend. And quite frankly, Congress came back this week and they're on the, the trail. You know, they're, they're running around trying to defend this again. At some point, some sort of self-esteem has to set in. Okay, Nancy you Pelosi, cannot defend this. Nancy Pelosi walked out of the meeting and she said she's praying for Trump's health after a very serious <laughs> meltdown. She said, no, 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 no. So, <laughs> so here, here's where we are. Family. No, no. But Good now we need to turn our no, attention no. to... His help. No, no. So praise, worship, prayer, that's it. Listen, again, we are in an existential crisis in, uh, of nothing to say about who is or who isn't a Trump voter. Democrats need to talk to the folks that have damn sense, and that is their base. This is how we're going to win elections, by encouraging, by motivating, by talking to the people who are the bellwethers of this country. Who Donald Trump is is beyond crazy. But he is in the office because 53% of white women put him there, um, and so did their, um, and so did white men. We need to uh, definitely 
shift the shift the um, the focus to who the people are that are actually going to push this country in a much better direction. And but that's in black the Constitution, voters. we do have the fitness to serve. I mean, we there is an argument to be made that he can no longer serve as a coherent chief of this country. I mean, the people can make that argument, and I'm surprised, given the impeachment effort going on, that they have not brought that up. Because it's not a serious thing. But, it can, but that can't be done by the House or the Senate. That requires internal action through the chain of command of his appointees, and every person And they have no guts. Even, no, it's not that. Anybody that gets close enough is fired or resigned. Anybody that gets to that edge where they're like, whoa, this is the one moron too far, the next thing you hear is that it's been a pleasure to serve. And well, there's well, and, and there's right. a reason for that. And I, I, I agree with Erica, but I, I disagree in that it's not stupid people. It's arrogant, ego-driven, care-about-myself people who don't care anything about how crazy this man is until it lands at their front door. Right. The, the Republicans have zero incentive. There's, there's no bottom. They will wallow in pig manure. And, 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 sure, and, and I guess what I'm here's why, is, but here's is that why. while that's but, happening, but, but, we're suffering. No, no, no. But see, but here, greater and greater no, no, but they don't care. Day. They don't care. They don't care. No, because here, the message so, so here's, has to be to them so, so here's, affect the money. So, so here, he, the he, here's what's hap happened on the Republican side to explain why they have no problem with Donald Trump. First of all, let's be clear. House Republicans and Republicans in the Senate know he's stupid. They will admit he's nuts. In private. But this is what Donald Trump is giving everybody. Donald Trump is giving the business interest. Got your tax cuts. We're destroying regulation. We're getting rid of all this environmental protection stuff. We're going to do whatever y'all want. They're happy. They, he talks about military industrial complex. $700 billion extra given to the military. He, they, they got no problem with it. Then you have the social conservatives. Donald Trump has said, look, I don't really care about this. Pick whatever judges y'all want. And they like, cool. So everybody, every Republican constituency is perfectly happy. They know he's nuts. They know he's batshit crazy. They know this. But their whole deal is, we getting what we want. Say, dog, we good. But that's not the broad majority of Americans. Like, that's the point that needs to be drilled home, right? So that... Except for those people that are in that class, everybody else is going to suffer substantially. And now they I, don't care. Right, but they need to. They don't no, care. They need to. No, they have no problem with four more years of this. Mitch McConnell. And this I keep I'm telling you, all you punk ass Democrats, y'all need to understand the court system. I keep saying this and I, Republicans vote because of the courts and all these democrats get on my nerves not understanding what's going on here they have no problem with four more years of trump and republicans running the senate because at the end of four more years if he wins they will have likely appointed upwards of 500 federal judges who will be there for life and, and they're they and, will and none of them are old None no, of them are they old. are 35 to 40 years yes. old by design. And so all y'all sitting here like, oh, you know, I like the tax cut. But the people who've been ruling on civil rights, on the environment, on all these issues in the courts, 
That's what we're dealing with. And Democrats better start stressing the courts because trust me, Republican voters know exactly why they're supporting this guy. And that's why they don't care. They will take madness. They will take all of his uh, nuttiness as long as they got the courts, long as they can control the financial sector and get rid of any regulation. And as long as the military folks like keep sending all that defense money because we're all happy. That's what's going on here. And in the areas where, which I don't know if people know, but like the District of Columbia, where highly liberal of color district, in the areas where they can't get in judges that they want, that they think can be approved, they're holding up the nominations. I have people I know personally who I graduated from law school with who when they when the White House runs out of time for approved candidates, then it's the DC Superior Court Board that gets to nominate and those nominations have been lying vanquished in flux for over a year now. Yep. So there are openings on the federal bench for DC, there are openings for the local bench for DC, and there are qualified candidates who have been fully vetted who have not gotten a hearing. Right. So, and they're not gonna get that shot. Yes. All right, folks, gotta go to a break, we come back. Uh, we're at the 22nd Annual Spirit Democracy Awards. Uh, we come back, we'll talk with Leah Daltrey, uh, Reverend Dr. Leah Daltrey, as well as Tommy Dorch, 100 Black Men. Right here, Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, Roland Martin, and welcome back. We have the 22nd Annual Spirit of Democracy Awards. And so we're going to be, of course, the program is going to be starting. And if you, I'm going to be um, co-emceeing the event again this year. So we look forward to that. We'll be streaming the whole event. Uh, and so we're looking forward to that. Right now, though, I want to chat with a couple of folks uh, who are uh, 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 not newbies to this. Of course, the uh, chair of the board there. Uh, Tommy Dorch, 100 Black Men out of Atlanta, and also uh, Reverend Leah Daltrey here, a longtime top official with the DNC. Glad to have both of y'all here. So, uh, Leah, I want to start with you. We had a debate last night, um, and and the, the thing that so the, so this is like I, I get the whole media deal. I get the whole media deal. I believe the DNC needs to needs to needs to take more control of these debates. And the reason I'm saying that is because. It drives me crazy literally hearing the same issues every single debate, and it has to be broadened to speak to what's really happening out here in the country. I agree, and you know, first of all, it was maddening to me that we spent how much time on Medicare for All. We keep talking about it. I don't know that anybody's position is changing. Or and again, we showed the social media deal. 33% of the people on social media think positively about Medicare for All. Okay, I'm just saying. Most people don't even know what it means. And then, you know, the last question, what's your most unlikely friendship? I'm like, really? 
We haven't talked about voter suppression. We haven't talked about income inequality. We haven't talked about, in any real depth, gun violence. And we're talking about what was your most unlikely friendship. It was ridiculous. So I totally agree that the DNC needs to take control. I'm also personally miffed that of the six debates, we've only had one black woman serve as a moderator. And so we're the base of the party. We're the backbone of the party. Why aren't our voices at the table when it comes to the issues and the questions and the people asking the questions? And that's where that's where Tom Perez needs to say, hey, uh, this our stuff. This our stuff. Now, y'all and the moderators, we better see some people of color uh, there. Absolutely. I think also is we shouldn't wait for them. We should have our own party and they have to come to our house. They have to come to our forum because... Right now, it, the format really is just one of talking heads. And so I think as we talk around with the leadership in this country, in our communities, with our faith communities, with our, our community-based organizations, with our women groups and youth groups, we need to have our own and say, okay, you come to us and we set our format. We have our Roland Martins and all of asking the question, because right now they're so scripted. And the other problem is so many people in the room, I really won't really take it serious until sometime in 2020. Because with all of this going on around the country, they ought to have, the party ought to have separate, you can have the televised piece, but you ought to have the community groups coming together in those communities and having those sit-down forums and conversation. Because for me, what are you doing about the prison industrial complex? What we've been doing with the 100, trying to address all these challenges of locking up our young boys and locking up all these black men and then taking away their their rights to vote and, and, and to participate in, in the uh, true democratic process. The other issue, education. Education is a wreck in this nation. We got somebody who calls herself Secretary of Education, and education is going down in this country. We can't continue to sit idly by, but black folks got to be united in this. It cannot be the women over here, the men over here, our millennials over here, our faith community. We've got to come together. We've got to cut out this mess about who's in the lead of this and be one family. Well, see, this is, but this is where we all talk about having a family conversation. This is where we've got to be real to black-owned media. Right. We, we got we got to say to BT, BT Her, TV One, Cleo TV, Aspire, Revolt, Bounce It On. Right. Damn it, we can't be laughing all day. There you go. Okay, you cannot, you cannot tell me why the eight black networks can't take off one damn night right. for entertainment. Like, what? what? This doesn't even people understand. I'm talking about one, one night every four years. Right. I'm not saying one night a month. Your ratings are not going to crater right. if you say, and then here's the deal. I don't understand why those eight black networks can't say, all right, a debate's going to cost half a million. Okay. 50, 50, 50, 50. And then you air it on all eight. Right. We control who gets to ask the questions. Right. And, and see, here's my deal. I don't need to actually ask questions. Here's how I would do it. I would say, if we go, this is how I would do this. This this, this black debate. If we're going to talk about civil rights, I'm going to have 
LDF Lawyers Committee uh, and a couple others in terms of asking the questions. And then over here, economics, right. I'm gonna have Black Chamber Inc. You're gonna have, it's gonna be that way. Right. So now all of a sudden, forget the moderator asking the question, have the actual experts right. who do it every day asking the questions. Have uh, uh, young folks asking questions about student loan debt right. or whatever else. And so now it becomes far more interactive. But I'm serious, we gotta be able to call out our own because I'm sorry, that announcement that Urban One is going to be a partner November 20th, and they're going to air on Radio One stations and on their digital platforms, that's a waste. Right, right. I agree. I'm sorry. It's a waste. And that's where black media... And and now, and if the black media's doing this thing, we ask those questions that they're so sensitive about. They talk about President Trump with his racism. They're dealing with racism past him. What about what's going on in corporate America? What about what's going on in local government? What's going on in community? They just think it's convenient to talk about him and his racial uh, tactics, but we still aren't getting to the heart of the problems in this country. I mean, and then even, you know, we're dealing with this issue right now on the census. Nobody's dealing with the issue that all of these black folks who are incarcerated, and you're letting these small communities who used to fight having prisons knocking the doors down to get prison and now they count our people in those communities and they get more money and they also get again more more voting a more congressional districts. This is what happens when you have a set of moderators who are from the Washington chattering class right so they're focused on what folks in the Beltway are talking about and not what folks in Brooklyn or Fort Worth or you know Harlem or wherever are talking about the real issues right. that affect real families the state of our school. We right. heard about HBCU plans, but what about K through 12? What's right. A lot of our schools right. are crumbling. My, my sister's a middle school t principal. She's got classes happening in closets. This is unacceptable. What about gentrification? What about homelessness? What about all these that are affecting real life? Until you bring in the actual voters whose lives are being affected by the policies and have them articulate the question, and have them articulate the issues. Right. You, you just have these, you know, God love them, Anderson Coopers of the world, who are just, you know, asking questions based on what they read in the newspaper. I'll tell you right now, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. If you wanna have this black debate, this is what you do. First and foremost, you put it in a black church. Oh yeah. And I'm telling you right now, okay, I've already laid it out to you. Do it in Chicago at the House of Hope. It seats 10,000 people. They got the stage, okay? It's black owned, okay? We'll need to create that big ass stage. They, I mean, all the money they building, the whole little fancy stage. Now we're doing it in New Birth too now. Yeah, but House of Hope bigger. House of Hope is bigger. But it's cold in Chicago. House, that's fine. But and in the south, yeah, but we by, can do it House of Hope. But House of Hope, but House of Hope on the south side of Chicago. I'm just saying, I'm talking about, I'm talking about doing a place where community folks can attend. Because the real problem is, look, I was at the one in Houston. It's limited seating. It's really party folks who are there. No, you want community folks who are there. And to me, that's the challenge. So When you watch it on TV, you can see that the audience is not diverse. It's a bunch of white folks right. who figured out a way to get a ticket. And so you don't really have the community and the real voters in the, in the audience. Right, absolutely. So uh, that's a throwdown challenge. I want to see it happen.
All right, looking forward to the program. Leah, thanks a bunch. Good seeing you. Tommy, thanks a bunch. Hey, folks, we got to go. Don't forget, support Rollerbart Unfiltered by going to rollerbartunfiltered.com. This is black-owned, black-controlled. We need your support to make this happen. Okay, this is not about corporate-owned. And so we need our folks funding our news as well. So go to rollmartunfilter.com. You can pay via Cash App, PayPal, Square. That's what we need. I told y'all, if 20,000 of our donors, people who watch this show, gave 50 bucks each for the whole year, $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day, show is paid for. We can travel around the country. We can do town halls. We can cover stuff. That's what we're trying to do here. So we want you to support us. Go to rollmartunfilter.com. All right, folks, tomorrow I'm going to be broadcasting live from the Smithsonian Museum, uh, National African-American History and Culture, because American Heart Association has their Business Accelerated Program, which I'll be emceeing as well. So we'll be there tomorrow uh, as well. And then don't forget, Friday we'll be at Lewis Carr's Men's Conference in Chicago. So a busy week for us at Roller Martin Unfiltered. So I got to go. I'll see y'all. We'll be live streaming the Spirit Democracy Awards. So I'll see y'all on stage in a bit. Holla! Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.